Time has come. We are finally here on the season finale of Overly Medicated. With I'm myself. so sad it's the finale. I'm, I'm excited. I know the timeline is ablaze right now. Uh, but of course, we're here. I'm Justin here with Mark. Uh, we just got finished watching. Well, Mark finished it before me. I finished it a little bit of an hour, like maybe seven, eight to 30 minutes behind him. Mm-hmm. But uh, we, we just watched uh, the final episode of the se- first season of euphoria we've been waiting so long to tell you guys about it uh but i mean it's here let's let's just like i guess jump right into it there's not much banter that needs to be said here it's a pretty loaded episode in a lot of ways uh i my notes i had a lot of trouble tonight with my notes here uh trouble trouble, trouble how like positive positive ways of notes as far as just well, thing it, bouncing on and out of the screen it's clearly a real episode um mm. and i and i'll get right to it i guess we'll just talk about our thoughts on it um, I, I, I remain very unimpressed if this was the, if, if I could, uh, say something about it. I, I feel like they were, they did film this episode in the hopes of getting a season two, but just in case they didn't, they kind of hedged their bets mm-hmm. in a lot of ways by leaving some things open, but leaving one major thing particularly very much open-ended as well. Um, and it felt as though this was an episode that kind of tried to tie the loose ends of, of certain characters where it's just like, okay, they kind of needed to get wrapped up here, um, yeah. with, with no, you know, hope that they'll have a storyline for the next season. Um, but, you know, it's, to me, it wasn't the, it wasn't the best episode of the season to me. It, it was definitely, I, I definitely feel as though maybe episode six was, was, it hit that right perfect, uh, balance for me. Uh, with pieces of episode seven kind of filling that in. And of course, episode four is something I think we all really liked as well. But this one was just sort of like, uh, you know, very Rue heavy. But as far as the secondary characters, which we, we've grown to love, you know, we've grown to like people like, you know, Cassie, even, even with his greenness, we, we've grown to kind of respect McKay's role in the show as well. I, mean, I think we've tolerated McKay. We tolerated yeah, McKay. We yeah, give but, a little yeah, but. But you can agree that a lot of the show is the secondary characters, and they were literally they were kind of put to the side here, other than like exactly. Cassie. Mm-hmm. I wasn't I wasn't too much of a fan of that. Um, I felt as though the Ruth storyline was uh, visually really good. I don't feel as though where it led her off was like in a way predictable in a way. I think we all predicted this from the, from the jump, but also did some really bewildering things with Jules as a character as well, which I just. She seemed like okay, and like uh, it seems to me, and maybe you have your own thoughts about it. She completely went left in these last two episodes, and we don't even know why because we we just don't have enough, you know, we don't have enough characterization from her to understand her shift as to why she's turned into this character now that is just like completely, you know, what I'm saying like it's it's almost like it's she's in a different show now, and and I that's you know where a lot of my disappointment lies with with uh with the the season finale of uh this first season. Yeah, it's been it's been a pretty polarizing uh, response to the end of the finale. What you said does make sense as far as um, them playing it safe with the end of this uh, with the end of this season and this finale. Uh, playing it safe as far as just in case they did not get a season two, at least they will be able to tell a really good story with the way that they do this. And uh, with the confirmation of season two, of course, there's there is now many questions that are still out in the open for a lot of people to actually tune into a season two, especially for the premiere, just to get answers to a lot of the questions that um, arise and have pretty much been around throughout this entire series. Um, but the response, the, the response has been pretty polarizing. I'm, I'm, I must say. Um, and I understand. I, I, I think I, let, let's just get this out the way. Rue is not going to be reporting live from hell in season two it's just that's my major issue with the ending of this is that 
you oh you leave it open and you the ending scene to me <laughs> was very it wasn't even strange it was just very like okay <laughs> like for for this 10 minutes you spent here you could have you could have been spending 10 minutes wrapping up anything maddie was doing and i and i knew nate wasn't gonna die in this episode mm-hmm. we we all knew that i said this I've, i had a sinking feeling it wasn't gonna happen but there is the pieces are in order for him to fall which is enough for me this is how these types of shows work but it's yeah. like you know lexi gets a very strange monologue in this in this in this uh, episode that's never followed up on at all mm-hmm. and in fact lexi's and- just like it's just weird there were, there were, there were, just, just like the, the critiques that we have seen at the end of this finale, many open-ended things that not everybody exactly has the answers for. And you kind of expect that in your finale and, and want to have things final and, and, and go into season two with, with something that's brand new, with something that's fresh. But season two, after everything that had happened in this premiere, there's many, many different things that have to be answered because of that. Now, as far as the the ending, we want to jump directly into the ending. Yeah, I think I think let's just talk about the episode and the season as a whole. I, I think that it would be kind of a disservice to kind of just rank the storylines. This is a very rude Jules Nate centric episode with a little bit of Cassie and a little bit of Cat. Like, there's not yeah. much there for those two. Um, the ending scene, of course, uh, well, Rue is kind of taken through the, the through the ringer in the past episode and in this episode as well. She has a kidney infection. Uh, she goes to the hospital. Jules does come back, and in the end, she she makes this grand proposal that her, uh, her and Jules should run away. She kind of changes her mind at the end. Jules does leave her, and again, we're going to talk about Jules in a second because I did not like this. But uh, it causes Rue to remember all of the moments that led to her relapse. And, of course, uh, or not her relapse, but her overdose. But, of course, she does uh, take drugs. And it, assuming, you know, presumably she relapses at the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. And and you had even brought it up in, in general when it came to talking about this in this finale. This entire sequence of what happened between that is kind of a little bit mixed up and jambled up as far as Rue's timeline of her sobriety and then, of course, getting back into drugs because of this, right? Yeah, and I, I think that, that, again, she's always been the, the unreliable narrator. If you notice in this uh, episode, she's not narrating at all. So it, it is firmly in the present. Whereas the stories that she's telling is in the past. So I think that, you know, that is clear that, you know, her as a narrator has brought us back to the, to where she is now. I, I think this whole episode is a very jumbled in a lot of ways because you have Nate's story, uh, taking you presumably back to a time before. And then you have, uh, you have Cassie's storyline taking you presumably back to a time before as well, but they did something very interesting with her. And uh, they had her not drink any liquor because we, to have us think that she kept the baby. But obviously it's because she just had the procedure done. Um, and, and that's about it. But I, I think that with Rue, they, they did this big, very impressive. I'm not going to lie. Like the labyrinth sequence with her remaking the theme song <laughs> is doing basically the dance. of. <laughs> I wanted the dance. I specifically wanted the dance. I needed that knee pop at the end. If yeah, they would have been pop, a 10 out of 10 ending. It was clearly a, a, a showcase, and this whole episode, let's be clear, is a showcase for Zendaya. She's fucking great here, especially the scene where she and Jules are at the bus station or the train station, and she's, you know, trying to basically warn her off and say, like, let's not do this. I thought Zendaya was great here. Uh, she's great in the performance at the end, but it ends with the song ending and her falling and the episode ending to complete silence. Um, I, I, what are, what are, I guess what are our predictions here? What, what do you think? Um, I, me personally, I think it's a relapse. I think we will end, and that, and this it's always a tough place to do in a show where it's like you end where you began in the last season, yeah. Because then you rush yourself into a hole where you have to get her out of it again. Um, but I, I think this this is pointing to a relapse here. She, I do not think she is dead. I do not think that their HBO is probably banging on the door, <laughs> putting a fucking contract in her face. It's to say like this is what you're gonna do. And obviously, season two is renewed. I don't know how people are thinking that she's dead here. Yeah, I, th- I think that is something that uh, could have gained more attention, and it actually did gain a lot more attention earlier in the season, where you 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 there was still a question that was um, aligned with Rue's narrating, just due to the fact that 
she knew so much about her friends, their timelines, and so on and so forth. So very early in the season, you get a little bit of a question of how does she know that Kat was out on summer vacation and drank mm-hmm. 70-something pina coladas and all this happened with Daniel and this and that. How does she know that McKay did all this with his dad and, and Cassie and her timeline? So... Early in the season, it, it, it might make sense to to have that interest of, wow, maybe at the end of the finale we'll find out that Rue was in a coma this whole time, and now uh, we find out that she's been dead the whole time. We go into season two with all this. But now that can uh, firmly put that to rest. Yeah. Um, and again, like, Rue gets punished this whole episode. Like, it, it's, it's not hard to see. And again, the show, you know, we love the melodrama of the show, but it is essentially about the cycle of abuse and the cycle of drug abuse. And yeah. Um, a lot of the stuff that happened in this episode really pushed her to this. Like they were, like you said it yourself. Like they they bar her up this whole episode, and everything, mm-hmm. every door gets slammed on her. Like we know Rook is not going to leave her mother. It's not going to leave her sister. It's not going to leave her family for Jules. But we also said this episodes ago that this was going to end badly, and it did. And yeah. I think that that's that's where we are now. I want to talk about Jules here. Man, yeah, we, we definitely, we definitely have to talk about Jules in a certain fashion. And I, even, even throughout our conversations, our text conversations throughout the episode, I was like, damn, here we go. My dog Jules pulling at him again. Yeah. <laughs> we were ready. And then the ending, very, very quickly sobering. Yeah, it's it's very sobering in a, in a lot of ways. Um, I think there's a lot with Jules that they did not wrap up correctly. Um, you have a character here who, again, was of sound mind, in my opinion, in a, uh, through a lot of the seasons. She helped Rue get clean. I loved her writing up to episode seven or episode six. I think that's where it changed when she realized that she didn't want to take care of Rue. And have a and, Yeah. And then she starts drinking and then all this like it's like we don't really get a sense into what's what's this change coming from like after the party she went to and she hooked up with anna throughout this episode we see her getting closer to anna of course rue does bring up the anna thing and she's like yeah i'm in love with anna and then you know rue's like are you in love with me and jules like nigga yeah what you mean well let's <laughs> if she like, had huh? said that verbatim i was i was like rue, you gotta stop asking these dumbass questions because let's begin with the fact that um jules comes into this episode, the very, very beginning of the finale, um, with Rue's uh, bladder infection, and is sitting in the hospital bed with her very, very close, intimate scene, um, and is feeling extremely bad about all of this in general. I think coming down from the party and the hookup with Anna and actually coming back and realizing that Rue's now in the hospital was something that really slapped her dead in the face. And be clear, like, Anna's, like, such a nothing character. It's like, she's Absolutely. just thinly... It was, like, a couple hours, and Jules is just, oh, my God, this is smitten. Yeah, she's not even a character, and it's like, I feel like, you know, I hate when, when, when stories do this where they just build a character out of nowhere just to cause conflict. Mm-hmm. And it's like, again, you could have got to this conflict. It's, it's almost like they did the same thing with Kat, with the, with the blonde girl. It was like, she wasn't even a character. She was yeah. just this you know it's like they, they threw this out and it's like it wasn't anything and it's like you changed jules who again was i thought were a very well written character very fleshed out i think her her fleshed outness ended with that scene in the in in the dance like there's been so many mixed messages we've gotten and i almost feel like ruined a lot of ways where it's like okay so she is defining who she is as, as a woman but then again she does fall in love with anna even though she says she loves rue even though she hates nate but is kind of in love with nate it's like there's a lot to unpack there and they they didn't even try to here and i feel as though they, they were trying to keep it open-ended for next season obviously before, before there actually is something that i want to ask about uh jules and nate but the, the one thing that i wanted to end with well not necessarily end but as far as the hospital scene between jules and rue jules is starting to feel a lot more bad about this than she did in 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 episode six and you do bring up a very good point of things being almost hypocritical as far as jules we had episode seven come up where she said she's still going through her um pretty much finding herself as a woman and that's completely understood but a lot of the things that she did not really feel good about rue partaking in is now something that's becoming a little bit of a part of her to help her escape whatever she is dealing with mentally but we don't really get 
a hundred percent into that due to the fact that Jules hasn't really discussed any of that with anybody. She discusses mm-hmm. it very briefly with her friends, but she doesn't bring it up to Rue. Uh, she doesn't bring it up to her, her, her father. Um, and it's, and it's really odd to try and see where is all of this coming from for Jules. It, 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 she wasn't highly interested in, in, in drinking and, and doing X, Y, and Z until as of recent. And maybe that is coming from the pressure of, you know, being responsible for somebody's happiness, being somebody that is um, uh, very, very close uh, to Rue and her recovery. But we don't really get that 100% up front. The main yeah. conversation that we have is, is what Rue asked her when she's like, hey, uh, so Anna, did y'all, y'all smash? And then <laughs> Jules is like, hell yeah, we smash. Yo, look at this. Yo, she fucking bit me on my damn uh, stomach. You want to try it? And Ruse is like, ah, oh, yeah. I it's I'm like she, she she did this one. She she literally ghosted on Jules, or not ghosted on Rue, mm-hmm. twice, <laughs> twice. Uh huh. Came back. Came back. New contacts on the phone. And then like Rue's watching her like text, and it's like I, I was watching. It's like what what is Jules now? Because like what what has she slipped into at this point? And it's, and it's like we we don't really get a sense of that. It's just that she was just there to push Rue further off the cliff into using again. And I feel as though we needed a, a better buildup to this. I, I think we, we might've needed a better episode that would have, that would have led us to this. And Jules does leave at the end of this, uh, this episode. And I'm sure she will be back. I think Hunter Shaper is a tremendous actress. I think she did a great job this season uh, with what she was given and, and what she brought to the role. But again, like I, I left it feeling very cold about what her character is. And, and I don't want to like, you know, write it off yet because there is a season two coming but you know she was a large part of why this episode didn't click for me like i I just thought she was written very much like it was almost evil in a lot of ways the way she was acting here it just it didn't it didn't you know it didn't feel right but i I, and again like you know she feels guilty about lying for nate you know she you know that that's part of her character now but it's like you know they just you know that she tells rue the truth and we don't even see it Mm mm-hmm like Rue's like, oh yeah, I know, I know about everything. I was ninety two percent right. Huh? <laughs> are you are you, gonna, are you gonna show us? <laughs> I don't think I don't think we got a lot. I don't think we got a lot of that. It's it's a lot of back and forth. It's a lot of back and forth with Jules. Unfortunately, I thought things were going to get a little bit closer in the bathroom scene, uh, where Jules again running game on Rue asks oh. her to kiss her. And Rue just starts, I don't, I don't know if I could do this shit. And Jules is like, I really want you to ki- think about kissing me so much that, that you don't even ask me. And Rue is just sweating, uh, bro, that trembling. Thing, that thing leaky. Yeah, it's just, it's, she was like, I can't do this shit, bro. No, this shit too crazy. This game's too much for me. It's just like, ah, oh, fuck it, let's go dance. But when they went to go dance, you get some cool scenes of, of them, uh, rapping Blow the Whistle. Um, a bunch of different other things, but the one thing that made me a little bit questionable was the relationship between Rue and Jules and how they were viewing Nate. I feel like Nate obviously gave Rue a very, very, very cold stare as um, she walked through and you start seeing the things play in Rue's head as far as what she's going to do to try and take Nate down. We'll get to that in a little bit, but on the dance floor, they're kind of like... Um, Taunting a little yeah, bit. They're like, taunting him. They're taunting him. Possibly trying to get Nate mad. That was a little bit questioning to me because I th- I thought we I thought yeah at this point in time as far as trying to take Nate down, uh, it would be a little bit more serious, a little bit more determined than that. But it could just be the fact that they're just having fun with it. Yeah, and I also feel like we're we're going back in time here. Like she she confronts Nate and says, "I'll burn your whole life down. I know your dad is a is a pedophile, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera." I know you have something to do with Fezco getting knocked. It's like, okay, we should know. Like, we know this. We know you know this. Like, why? Are we, like, everybody in, you know, the fact that you know all this stuff already, you told us as the, as the audience already, it's like, what's the, what was the point of that scene? Like, I, I just didn't understand it. And the worst part, the worst, the worst part, I was, I was literally like fucking throwing fists in the air. Like, this is it. This is it. Nate didn't flinch for half a second. He was like, yeah, what do you want? Like, what are you doing here? And his his drag down, like if we were to talk about Nate, like his drag down happened more internal this episode. It, it is clear that the relationship with his father is not good. It is also clear that he and Maddie are broken up and do will 
break up or are broken up at the end of this uh, season. But, uh, you know, Nate, let, let's just talk about it, man. Nate, he got all that. He got all that. Where do you want to start? Where do you he got all start? that. He got all that. All that. He got all that woman. And he can't even. The thing just won't go, bro. You couldn't hit the gas station. Bruh, he his his man, his glizzy won't fully loaded, man. If there, if there was any better time for a Bluetooth ad, it would be right now. I, I was completely and and what's even worse about it? He needed so he needed a white claw and a Bluetooth. <laughs> what's even worse about it is the fact that Maddie is barring him up and he's trying to get it up, making it ten times worse. Imagine you trying to get it up and you're just getting barred up in the process. Maddie said nobody is 100% gay or straight, bro. And that sent Nate off it. Like, like, if, ah! if, <laughs> if you was to hear somebody say, yo, man, we not, we not 100% gay or straight, I would have been like, what? <laughs> what? Yo, you should have been like, yo, get the fuck off Tumblr with that shit, man. <laughs> what the fuck? I can't get this shit up. This is real life shit. Oh, man. You see me in the tell me. All right, man. You know, remember, you know, the African kid, uh, meme where he's like, kind of rubbing his chin. He's like, you mean to tell me? <laughs> Yo, Maddie's like, you mean to tell me all of Dixie your phone? <laughs> you can't think about one of them right now. <laughs> we have to get the laughs off because a- after a certain point of Maddie just barring him up, line after line after line, things things take a turn for the worse. Yeah, they take a turn Man. for the worse. Uh, he, he does grab her again and, and threaten her once again. Uh, which leads her to leave the house uh, with a certain disc. We don't know the contents of the disc. If it were me, I think that Jules was on that tape. Yeah. I think Jules might be on that tape, um, which will probably bring her back to the city uh, from her leaving to be with Anna or whoever the fuck. And uh, she leaves with it. And Cal, but not before before she leaves, not before Cal uh, dresses her down and says you know this this doesn't need to go on forever and you know what i respect Kyle. like i know that we uh we, we gave him shit for this when i was texting you earlier but he was doing what was best for nate at that in that situation maddie is not good for him she's not the one the one thing the one thing that struck out to me very very quickly was cal starting off the conversation and and, and, and before we even get to that cal Almost psychopath. I don't know if this is the word. Psychopathically calm. It's starting to get to the point where I'm a little bit uneasy whenever Cal talks. Whenever I see Cal and you just see those eyes just glaring into something, I'm starting to get a little bit uneasy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, man, it, it, it is. It, it, Cal is uneasy in itself, but I, I, I still see that he might be trying to right his wrongs in a lot of ways. He's still shook from episode four. Let me tell you. Yeah, he's, yeah, that that vomit that vomit still on that vomit still on his breath. Yeah, that that back table. He went back table back, bro. <laughs> he's trying to get the steaks again. <laughs> but so, the thing that the thing that stood out the most is is him starting off the conversation just saying, "You know what? I don't really know you," and that's and that's pretty that's pretty telling to me. Um, after these few weeks, and and who knows even how longer before we even saw the pilot, how long Nate and Maddie have been dealing with each other. Um, on and off, and yeah. Cal barely even knows this girl. So yeah. imagine how many different types of areas, different types of scenarios, places that Nate and Maddie must be um, talking to each other, hooking up, doing X, Y, and Z. He's clearly not bringing her to the crib if Cal doesn't know her. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, just the fact that she was brazen enough to be in there, and Nate was brazen enough to have her in there, also plays into the time jump or time skip or flashback that we saw with Nate. Uh, you know, having a tough time at the, at the, at the regional football game or football, you know, that he was playing and he took the game into his own hands and, and ran, ran down and got a touchdown, said, fuck his teammates. They, they're not catching. Fuck him. Fuck McKay. Pulled fuck that everybody. Michael Vick. Nigga yeah. Pulled that oh, four Madden. This is PBC for down funding. What's rules? What's Nate's overall? 69. <laughs> Oh, so, uh, you know, Cal is basically browbeating him as usual. And listen, I thought this scene was going to go left. I thought this scene was yeah. going to go left. When he was pit, when he had him in that master lock and he was staring at the window, wow. I was like, well, ain't this a bitch. Before that, before that, he walked up with the with the boxy briefs on. <laughs> <laughs> Cal was like, man, you better back up. 
better pack up. I was like, yo, is, is we about, we about to, is Euphoria about to go there? Sized up, <laughs> up his dad, staring dad, staring down at his dad. He's like, all right, you want to do this? You want to do this? Let's rock. I think I can ride a little bit clearer than you. If he would, if he would have barred up a line with him and Maddie. Bro, Nate would have went fucking ballistic. Well, I think the only reason Nate went crazy is because he lost to a 45, 48 year old man or 58 year old man. But his, but yeah, Cal definitely put the beats to Nate, and we got mm-hmm. to see that we got to see that Nate is, I mean, essentially still just a little boy and like a little scare boy. He starts hitting his head on the floor. I almost thought it was like a damn seizure. I thought I thought he was uh, I thought he was having a damn. I was like, oh fuck, this is not good. But he's literally so frustrated with that master lock. He's trying to escape it himself. Yeah, I, I banged him to the ground. I, I love Kyle saying, "Oh, out of here!" I'm like, he's, he's like, "Oh, no, 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 don't answer me. I'm straight." Kyle hit circle and said, you know, back out of game. I'm not rematched with this shit. <laughs> I'm not rematching with this man in this state. Yeah, oh, yeah, backing out. This thing is pulling a Christian on the floor, banging his head, going crazy, and screaming. Like, at the top of his lungs, they were screaming. Like, uh, shout gone. out to J- shout out to Jacob Elordi for this portrayal and and for his portrayal of Nate all season. I think he's been spectacular. Also, just a l- hateable shithead. Uh, but let's get back to Maddie. Of course, uh, they are broken up. So Nate does take a new girl to the winter. Uh, the I think it's like the winter prom or something like that. The winter social or something like that. Uh, that leads them to play like a, a psychopathic game of uh, jealous cat and mouse, if you will. Uh, which leads to us kind of figuring out back and forth that Maddie has this disc. She's burned it. And, uh, right before, or right after, yeah, right before then, Maddie does say, you know, we, sh- we shouldn't be together anymore. And Nate says, I know, but Maddie still has this atomic bomb, if you will, at the end of the season. Yes. Uh, so there is definitely, that is definitely looming over Nate. Uh, I don't, I think we reached, I think we hit on everything on Nate this, this, this episode. There is actually, there is actually one thing now that we're talking about Maddie. And at a certain point, I, I kind of want to say, oh, Maddie, you green as fuck for Barnes and the Gun. But I kind of can't blame her because she's setting up the long game. Maddie, more than anyone in this show, is setting up the long game. It's a long term play. But as mm-hmm. far as the winner, the winner, uh, the winner social, I can't really blame her because Nate kind of walks into here, palming ass, palming bare ass, just walking <laughs> into the party. I was like, huh? <laughs> I really, I really did not blame Maddie at that point. I was like, yo, Paul being bad, like nobody saying anything? <laughs> nobody seeing this, this dress hiked up? So when Maddie gets up and he's like, oh, I was like, oh, shit, she's about to knock this girl out? I thought she was going to walk up and just throw hands, which I feel like Maddie has good hands. As much shit as she talks, she should really have some good hands. But she walks up to one guy. She was like, yo, can you dance? And he's like, uh, <laughs> she was like, uh, 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 to a, walks, to a nigga, to a black box, to the second nigga we've seen in the series. <laughs> and she, can you dance? And he's like, fuck yeah, I can dance. Fuck yeah, I can dance. Let me show you how to goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, let me show you how to crit walk real quick. <laughs> I, I, I felt like he could have immediately went into some damn. Um, right, he, he, he started doing a pool palace, nigga. <laughs> Palace? Nah, is this I, our, our dip pool palace? I guarantee you, if I go to high school and I say, "Hey, y'all know how to pool palace?" They're like, "Huh? What?" <laughs> but if I tell them how to hit the folks, or if I ask them how to hit a Fortnite dance, they're gonna hit. They're gonna hit that shit with ease. Oh yeah, they they gonna hit it. But but I mean, the the dude that was dancing with Maddie, he had to be hitting the dancers like the Fortnite kid, the black. <laughs> nah, the football. He he definitely stood back. Maddie was definitely the center. Of that entire thing, putting it on him, and he's trying to hold back. He must. He he really needed his friends to hold him back at that, and hold him up at that certain point in the time. Because Maddie was one hundred percent making sure that Nate got pissed, and he actually got pissed and actually walked off. Yeah, and he, then he then he told the dad like, "Get up, you cunt," or some shit like that. I was, yeah, like, and I was like, "Whoa!" And even though we don't get much from Cassie and Lexi, pretty much nothing at all from them two, other than like Cassie, of course. Uh, as we know, she does get the abortion. Uh, in a very tough scene, she, like shout out to Sydney Sweeney, really great uh, acting from her there. Again, she came out of nowhere this season. Like we could not stand her the first three episodes, but then she kind of she brought it back. 
Yeah, the illustration that they did in making that entire process of Cassie, of course, going through the paperwork, um, getting the questions about her parents, um, yeah. as far as the uh, history of addiction, history of any alcohol, drugs, and things like that. And she has to go into an area that she didn't really talk too much in this entire series as far as her mom and what she believes to be as her addiction to wine. Um, we've seen it a lot as far as her mom drinking wine plenty of times and uh, rambling on about random shit at the dinner table and so on and so forth, but nothing that was 100% concrete um, from Cassie or Lexi in yeah. their mom and her um, drinking addiction. And then she brings up uh, the addiction that her father had had with the painkillers and um, the heroin and things of that nature. And, and Sydney does a really, really good job of making that conversation seem so, so difficult to have. And with that, you get um, the process of the actual abortion going through, but none of that is really depicted or illustrated, so you won't have to worry about any of that. The one thing that I thought they did a really good job of is Cassie closing her eyes and immediately going into that happy place. And yeah. see a lot of the different things that she has that were skating and they shoot, shoot it really well, very, very good lighting. And that becomes a process that we see for the next couple of minutes as many different things and pictures start being painted as Cassie stays in her happy place. I thought they did a really good job with that. Yeah, I, I really love that montage scene. I, the very great montage scene. Like Sam Levinson, if not for anything, even if this was kind of his weakest writing all season, I think he shot he shot this episode spectacularly. Um, I, I guess we are to think that uh, that Cassie and McKay are broken up. She does mention that if I ever fall in love again, like she, if I fall in love again, like don't let me do it. So I'm guessing that they are broken up at this point, which good for her. And shout out the fact that we get zero McKay this episode. He is. Probably in his dorm room studying for midterms. Definitely can't come down and fuck with the gist this week. <laughs> he has avoided top three just by default. So don't think that just because, well, he, he's really lucky. He's really lucky at this point. Cause I'm sure anything would have made us go, all right, immediately top three. Let's get it over. Yeah, let's go. Top three. So let's see his face. Top three. As soon as I see his face, top three green. Uh, let, let's just go ahead and, and just name it right now. Like Lexi for sh Lexi for sure gets the uh, the Fezco Award for the season. Um, they gave her nothing this episode. I, I again, she mentioned something about how do you know who you want to hook up with? Uh, Cassie does answer her, but I mean, we get nothing from her there. We thought there was going to be a revelation with her. There were there was none. Uh, didn't really get to see the range of Maude Apatow here, but I did enjoy Cassie and Lexi at the table on their phones, like, uh, just looking around them like, what the fuck's going yeah, on? Yeah, not getting I, in any trouble. Yeah, I, I like that. That was, that was really dope. Um, I really like their, their, uh, those two characters. We want to talk about Fezco really quick. Sure. So, let's get into Fez. Last episode, uh, Fezco got narked on by Nate, who, again, says if you do illegal things, illegal things will, uh, the cops will come after you. Right, stop her ass, pussy ass, nigga, nigga, bro. <laughs> so Fez, so Fez, in order to get the, uh, essentially get the money back, he goes to rob the plug. <laughs> he robs Mouse's plug. <laughs> I was it's like, genius. It's genius oh. in theory. But I was like, I was like, could you find somewhere else you knew with money? You just, well, you had to rob the same plug Mouse had. Uh, yep. Great source. Very weird scene with Fesco here as well, where it's like he 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 beats up the the doctor essentially, uh, who who basically sells all the stuff to Mouse, and his son is watching, and he continues to do it anyway. Um, we didn't want to see anyone get hurt. We didn't want to see Fesco get hurt, but it also shows that Fesco does have a a sinister, dark, uh, uncaring side as well. Just part of the game. Yeah. He does does turn into money. Uh, he seems to be safe for now. I, I they they cut it off before we get to see what was going on between uh, uh, Mouse and himself. Yes, Mouse on the couch, um, letting Fez know. Of course, he's late. Fez just says he had to deal with some bullshit, which I'm sure Mouse would have known what was going on by them throws the stack on the table. I was like, Oh wow, this nigga's done with it. So, uh, the, the guy that is with mouse, uh, I don't think they really went too deep into his name. Of course, it's probably just some random guys with mouse at this point in time. Um, he takes a look at the stacks of money. The stacks of money have blood on them. He takes a look at Fez. He takes a look at mouse. 
Uh, Mouse, I feel like almost had like a little bit of a sinister smile. Like, yeah, I know what you did for this. So I completely understand. Um, and Fez gets out of it and then and, and pretty much asks, uh, are we good? Yeah. You clearly know what I just did for all of this. You don't know who it happened to, but you have your bread. Um, clearly you heard that I just got busted. Well, I just got raided. Um, Fez says, Nothing really happened. No, no, Fisher, where you hear that from? Yeah, (laughs) I would have, I would have liked to actually see what had happened though. If we had many flashbacks, I would have liked to see what happened uh, as the toilet bowl is probably overflowing with a lot of bullshit. He's like, oh, a lot of pills. He went to go pee and said, "Guys, is that a a part (laughs) thirty? Yeah, that police coming. Hey, get down on the fucking whoa! What the hell is that?" Man, I just want to take piss and the damn perk 30s coming out. The different <laughs> I don't know what the fuck happened. All uh, right, mister. We got a call. Just make sure you don't do this shit again. Yeah, I uh, I think I was accurate in calling the Fez, the Fezco situation last episode. Like, Fezco would not be going after Nate here. He would definitely be going after uh, Mouse in some capacity to get the money back. Um, glad I was right here. Glad, you know, Fez is, Fez is safe for another season. Um, I, I don't know where he goes. I don't know where this leads him to. Uh, but I'm glad that, you know, I thought he was an excellent character here. He's the, I mean, he's the, the guy who named our Fez called Friendship Award. Um, and I guess lastly, we gotta get to, they get to Cat, man. Oh, man. Face turn Cat. Here we go. Here we go. Isn't it great? Isn't it great how things turn out? Oh God! Here we go. Isn't it just amazing? Isn't it just amazing how insecurities and deep love that you uh, don't even uh, understand as of right now, when you voice them with honesty and you face your fears, you face your insecurities. Do you see what positive aspects of life can come from that? I feel like all of us learned a lesson this week. I feel okay. like I feel like I feel like all of us learned a good thing about love this week. You don't feel as though her storyline was wrapped up uh, a little bit too nicely. I thought I thought it was very, you know, for a show that tries to subvert the high school drama, high school melodrama trope, they went full on with it with Cat. Like they didn't even care. They even just say, oh, okay, well, Cat's gonna, she's just gonna spill her heart out at, at, the, at the at the dance. I thought it was it was very John Hughes. You know. It had to be cleaned up one way or another, and we felt that from episode six and episode seven of her kind of easing her way out of the, um, what's the best word for it? The lion's mouth of cam girls. There we go. Yeah, let's do that. The lion's mouth of cam girls. She kind of eased her way out of it, and we saw the face turn coming as of right now, but I don't think either of us guessed that she would see Ethan on the side take him out um, in, in a little bit of a private area in at the dance. And listen, when she looked at Ethan, Ethan was like, oh, nah. I was like, oh, yeah, he knows she green. <laughs> he looked down. He was I like, I can't eat this pussy again. Come on now. This is the winter dance. Come on. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm still thinking about this shit from the other week. They're like, no, 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 no. You're good. You're good. I got, well, I got, she, I got some fun things to discuss. Well, she, she, she goes up to Ethan. She, she spills her heart out. She finally tells, like, again, like, that's what I didn't like, Mark. It's like she had so much time to tell Ethan this. And for someone who is not too shy about talking about how she feels and when she doesn't like something, this took a little bit too long for the storyline to be wrapped up. It could have been wrapped up last episode, honestly. Like, I, I felt as though it was just very... Because to me, this dance felt like they tried to do the carnival over again. Did, did you feel like that? Yeah, somewhat. Somewhat, yeah. Yeah, like they tried to do the carnival over again. And, and, and again, like... That worked perfectly. That time, it worked really good again at the Halloween party, but they went right back to the well with this dance. Like, there's two... This show has so many dances <laughs> in parties. Dances are high... That's high school! No, no. But not, here's, is things, that not things, high school? Sure, but things can't... But the thing is, they can't... You know, it, it starts to come back with diminishing returns. Like, it happened in episode one. Okay, cool. The carnival was the peak of this type of storyline happening. The Halloween, the Halloween party was really good. This was not good at all. Like, I just felt like just having these characters bounce around and then in order to get Kat out the story, they had to do this. You know what I mean? Just because she, you know, her and Maddie aren't cool. So in order, like, so Maddie can't have, like, in someone that is intermediate there where it's like, you know, she's going to interfere. Because, you know, and I did like this, that Kat and Maddie are still not cool. 
I, I do work for each other, yeah. Yeah, I, I do like that. But like I just felt as though Kat's storyline was well, she wasn't green this episode, I will tell you that. But I, I just felt her writing was not the best. And I, and I feel like a lot of that with this episode, I just was like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. She she knew it was really the pettiest way to hold all this in for the last what? How long was Mrs. Carnival? A damn month? Month and a half maybe? And 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 let him know and let Ethan know of all of uh, how she felt about all of that and says, you know, a lot of this has been her insecurities. It's probably the pettiest, uh, most childish shit that I could have ever done, yada, yada, yada. Uh, Ethan was completely fine with all of it. Didn't really budge at all. Um, said that he liked her from the moment that he sat next to her. But why didn't he, well, why didn't Ethan take her to task and say, that was my friend? Or that was my, that was my That's true. Was that true. He, did, was like yes, yes, he didn't really go into detail of that at all. Like, I thought that was lazy. It was like, he should have, he should have bit back. You know, so it's, he should have been like, well, you know, before he said I liked you, the moment I sat next to you, he should have said, "Well, you know, that was my my sister's coworker or something like that." Like that, that you know, that would have never like it, it was just so lazy. You know, I just felt as though it was, it was really lazy writing just to get Cat out the storyline and wrap her up. It's like of all the characters, like yes, Cat deserves a happy ending, but not that way. I just felt as though it was. Uh, I don't know. It, it just wasn't the best. It wasn't the best. Or maybe so, there's maybe there's something to that. We'll see uh, in season two. Um, now we are that that was everyone. That that was Euphoria season one. Um, again, a really strong first season. I know a lot of people did not like it. I was very on the fence until about episode three. But I think as a whole, this show has a lot of potential to, to do really great things and talk about really, really great, um, not really great things, but really poignant issues that happen within young culture. And I think they handle a lot of those very well. Um, I think the cast is spectacular. Obviously, Zendaya, Zendaya has definitely surprised me here. Um, and I can't wait till, ne- till next year. And I can't wait till next year to uh, to, to talk about the show again with you, uh, Mark. But before we, we end off the show, we have to talk about the Green Awards. For oh, this- it's gonna it's gonna be yes, yes. We have to talk about not only just this week, but we're gonna do a ranking of all important characters in Euphoria mm-hmm. for the entire <laughs> season. I would like to start this off. You know how we're going to start this off? Let's go from the least green, the least, least, least well, green. Well, we, if we did that, we'd be crossing into Fezco territory. So let's just get the top three Fezcos out. Oh, okay. Top top three Fezcos? Okay. You know what? Um, Lexi, Fezco, uh, probably the parents. <laughs> and you know what? We didn't even get a chance to, to talk too much about Leslie. And Leslie had a very, very drawn out... Um, oh, in yeah. a positive manner, I feel I feel like drawn out is a little bit of a negative connotation. But Leslie had some good conversation um, this week of everything that has happened with how she has felt about Rue and all of the addiction and what that has done to uh, her family in general, both of her daughters, her father, of course, and herself as a mother. I feel like I started sympathizing with Leslie a whole lot after the scene that Rue leaves Jules. And they go into a song for you by Donny Hathaway and play the entire thing out as far as the conversations and the fights that Rue and Leslie have, um, the ways that Gia feels about that as the younger sister, as Rue and her mom are literally in each other's face yelling about random things and Leslie even pushes Rue to the side and Rue gets very angry and storms off and now Gia is of course going to sympathize with Rue. I feel like she sympathizes with her in two different areas in this type of scene. One, just being the little sister and, and wanting to stick up for your sister in general and, 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 and not siding with the mom. And of course that's usual teenage shit. But one thing that came out of Gia's mouth that really, really hit me was the fact that she's yelling to her mom clearly something is wrong with Rue you can't talk to somebody in this type of manner shouldn't you talk to her in a little bit more of a gentle manner she clearly needs help as Rue is like fetal position on the ground trying to stay sane that that spoke a lot to me mm-hmm. that, yeah. spoke a lot, that spoke a lot to me when, when we were talking about parents yeah, I, th- I think Leslie w- was great, and her actress was great. I, I, her name escapes me right now, but um, yeah, I, I think those are all the, the Fescos. I think Ashtray as well. Uh, he's up there when he called when he called Cat a dumbass when she was trying to get the. <laughs> it was just, it's a line that was so like so so silent that I only caught it the second time I watched it with the, with the closed captioning on. We were just like dumbass when he was telling Cat about Bitcoin. I thought it. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I thought it was great. Uh, okay, so now let's go to to the green awards, and I think I think everyone's had different levels of green here. So, Mark, take it away. Okay, I'd like to start off with the least problematic, the least green. Uh, some of the but still most... green, but still green. Okay, there is okay. That's understood. You can be, be, be non problematic, but still yeah. green. Because the Fescos are like we're, we're we're done with that. Well, Fescos are like no green. Lexi, I think is. Pure. Lexi is the most pure character on here. And maybe Gia. I feel like Gia should start off the ranking at the very bottom. Oh, wow. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> least green. But still green, but least green of them all. Yeah, exactly. Still green. She did kind of sneak out a little bit late, fucking with the twins. Still green, but least green out of the entire show. Okay. Afterward, um, I'm going to go... Actually, you know what? You know who's at the very bottom? Let's go Ethan. Ethan, very, 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 very bottom of this list. He should be Fesco then. He should be Fesco then. Fesco? He's Fesco. Okay, okay. He didn't, he, do, any, he didn't do anything. Yeah, all he did was just eat some pussy and try and get into a relationship. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure we've all been there before. So, okay, so let's go Ethan, then Gia. Yeah. No, we have to be doing it already. Okay, so you know what we're going to do? We're going to do Ethan, very bottom. We're going to do Leslie. Then we're going to do Lexi. Okay. Then we're going to do Gia. Then we're going to do Fez. And after that, we have Cassie. Okay. We have McKay. Okay. We have Pat. We have Rue. Then Maddie. Then Jules. Okay. Then Nate. Yeah, Nate, I think, I think Nate. Well, well Jules shot up to, to top three green. Yep. Literally in the last three episodes. I, I don't. She's, I, she's the second most. She's the second most. And you know what? I think um, in a lot of ways, Jules and Nate are uh, of the same coin. And I think that's why we got that scene in season in, in episode seven. They're of the same coin in a lot of ways. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, other than other than, you know, repressed in some way, I think they're both kind of the same. It's why it's why things clicked so well when it was Shy Guy 118. Right. It's why Nate felt very comfortable at that. It's why he knows so much about her. It's why he knows so much about her, too. Mm-hmm. A so, lot of their conversations are more than likely things that bounce off of each other, which is why she was so enamored and, and, and wanted to have this conversation with Shy Guy 118 in the first place. It's unfortunate because I feel like a lot of people that watch Euphoria really, really rooted for Jules. And a lot of that is a little bit outside of the relationship with Rue. I feel like Jules in general, just outside of Hunter Schaefer, is a really interesting character that you want to dive deep into and hunter schaefer does a really good job of bringing all of that into light and had amazing amazing chemistry with the, with zendaya and you saw that at the very end of this episode as zendaya and hunter uh go into what they had to do to 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 have such a very good eighth episode they they referenced the fact that this was not something that um uh, they had to go into chemistry class and, and, and do and try and gel into generally. It just, it just was very, very natural. So the conversation with the, 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 the conversation with Jules is something that is going to be had very well in season two. It's just unfortunate that you see so many parallels, uh, to Nate in all of this. So well, even they, if there are parallels, you, the parallels we have here, we had to kind of glean ourselves because they don't write her very well past a certain point, but it's like she's clearly acting in the in gaslighting and and being just yep. literally like <laughs> she, she's she's literally, you know, becomes just a terrible character in the in the end. And that's why she has to be top three green. Wait a minute. What'd you put cat? What number was cat? I, I, I forgot. I tried to I was trying to type it. Cat is top five. OK, thank you. All right. Cool. As long as she's top five green, I'm good. Cat is top five. Awesome. So there you have it. The top green awards for the yes. first season of Euphoria. Uh, once again, thank you so much, Mark, for going on this ride with me through Euphoria, man. These two months, at, it's literally felt like two weeks. Yeah, I can't. I can't believe it's over. I'm, I'm, I'm bummed, but you know, in the end, you know, we, we have this, we have this tome uh, of Euphoria to to look at and, and look back on. We had such a great. We watched the show together. 
Yep. <laughs> we watch the show, you know, you know, every single week together, and it's kind of been a really great time. I've had a really great time recapping it with you and recapping it for you guys and with you guys. And I'd love, you know, I thank you guys for the support and everyone who was listening and everyone who literally just gave us, you know, lended us your own theories and, and told us that you just fuck with the podcast. Thank you so much. We did this on a whim. You know, we literally did this and just, just said we're going to do it one day and it turned into something way bigger than we thought it was going to be. So, uh, we did it all for you guys. We did it all for love. So thank you guys for listening to Overly Medicated. Mark, any, any closing thoughts? Um, would you like to tell them the title that we were going to go with out before Overly Medicated? Oh my God. Which, which one? It was good. <laughs> Do you remember when it was going to be Euphorious Bastards? <laughs> oh, yeah. Euphorious Bastards. I was not letting go of Euphorious Bastards. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, there's got to be something better than Euphorious Bastards. He's like, oh, it makes sense. It makes sense. Come on. Let's fucking do Euphorious Bastards. And I was like, ah, let's, 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 let's marinate on this. Yeah, we we definitely had so many names. You came up with a name, too, that like some with Jits. Oh, did I? Uh, Jit Central? Uh, that would be one thing that could... <laughs> Jit Central. <laughs> yeah, Euphorious Bastards was... We gotta use that some, somehow. We gotta, we're gonna have to twist, <laughs> we're gonna twist Euphorious Bastards, uh, in, in some way, shape, or form for this, but, uh, I, again, like, it's just how it works with RNC. You know, we, we come up with these ideas and we bounce off of each other and, it turns out to be something beautiful, but I'm glad we got overly medicated. I'm glad we didn't think too hard about it because, again, we were thinking way too hard about it, but we came up with it literally maybe an hour or so before we started recording. Before we actually started recording, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, the, the magic kind of popped out of the popped out of the uh, the computer here for us. So, uh, as always, follow us at RNC Radio Live uh, for all the latest and greatest from RNC Radio. Um, and we have so much stuff coming up for you. Uh, we have another show. Me and Pat are doing a, another HBO show in the middle of this month called So Help Me God for the Righteous Gemstone show starring Danny McBride and John Goodman. So take a, you know, stay on the lookout for that in two weeks. Uh, but it's till next year, I suppose. Uh, Mark, we're same, same time, same place. We got to ask and die her schedule real quick just to get a little heads up. Yeah, we definitely need to know because I, Depending on what Spider-Man movie we should be doing, we have no clue uh, when this will be coming back. It might be like a Donald Glover uh, Atlanta Please situation. do not Atlanta us. Please, yeah. please do not Atlanta us. I, well, I think we well, you know Atlanta 2. Well, yes, you know, season 2, did, did, did we did it way a while. But I, I don't think that HBO waits that long. So I think if we're not, if we don't have it by next fall, then uh, that'll, be, that'll be a shame. But until then, thank you guys for listening to Overly Medicated. Binge the show. Listen to every episode once again. Yes. We'll see you guys presumably next year. Peace. Love y'all. Later. Too much in my system. Money in my Mama making ends beat. Working like a slave. Daddy ain't at home, no. Gotta be a man. My homegrown sisters, brothers, do it for the fans.